from Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. You are listening to Global Frequencies, Diverse Province, Diverse Voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians and CHMR 93.5 FM with funding from the Community Radio Fund of Canada. This program is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and more. Welcome to Global Frequencies, episode 25. My name is Nabila Qureshi, and for the last 24 episodes, my teammates and I, especially Zainova, we have been entertaining our listeners, we've been informing and educating our well-wishers and sharing whatever knowledge we have acquired over these several episodes with anyone listening in St. John's and beyond since we upload our episodes onto streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, before I introduce our two guests on the show today, I just wanted to make a public announcement that this is in fact our second last episode here on the Global Frequencies radio podcast. Episode 26, which will air two weeks from today, will actually be our last one for the season. And who knows where we will be after that. Of course, if you have feedback that you would like to share with us, something that resonated very, very fondly with you, or something that caught your interest, maybe something new that you learned, or perhaps suggestions for how we can improve this, should we return again? then by all means, please get in touch with us by emailing us at globalfrequencies at ancnl.ca. Once again, that's globalfrequencies at ancnl.ca. If you're struggling to get a hold of us, then by all means, just search for us on Google and um, Global Frequencies. And you will be directed to the Association for New Canadians page. And perhaps you'll find us on other platforms as well. Reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Now, without taking up too much of your time, let me quickly introduce our two guests on the show today. Zainova, who is the executive producer of the radio podcast, sits down with Jin Xian, who came to St. John's quite a few years ago to first pursue her PhD. But in this conversation, see, she sits down to talk about the music and the musical industry in China. It's a very broad subject, but nevertheless, a good introduction. And more specifically, she talks about an instrument called Guzheng. Zai will tell us more about it. Also, I sit down with Eldin Husik, to understand and explore his experience with what it's like to open a small business, a small entrepreneurship, especially in the field of food and the service industry. And in this episode, we will more specifically be reflecting on Eline's experience with the Balkan Kitchen, which is a restaurant serving Balkan cuisine in downtown St. John's. And its evolution along the way. Jinxia and Eldin Husuk coming up for you on Global Frequencies, episode 25. This is Jinxia with Zai Nova. 
This is Global Frequencies and I am Zainova and today is very special because my guest is the only Guzhan player in the province and her name is Jingxia. Welcome to the show, my girl. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks so much for inviting me, Dave. It's great. My pleasure and I'm very happy finally met you last time on the show and I cannot wait to work with you as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so please introduce yourself. So my name is Jingxia and uh, I arrived here in Newfoundland in 2015 and studied my PhD in Ethnomedicology at Memorial University of Newfoundland. So I'm still in the program, but that's, that was the original reason why I came here. Mm-hmm. And I live in Hunan province, which is located in South China, near Hong Kong, I would say. And then my hometown is very warm. You know, all season warm kind of like, and so it's very different experience for me to live in Newfoundland. Well, uh, I, I come from Indonesia and always uh, hot all year. <laughs> Coming to Newfoundland and Labrador is all about adapt, about uh, uh, how you adjust. And yeah, I remember that uh, my friend said, if you want to survive in this planet, just adapt yeah. with uh, all kinds of situations. So let's talk a bit about music in China. Tell us about music industry there and how huge it is. Uh, tell us more about the music industry in China. So, well, I guess this is a very huge topic because, you know, music industry can include so many things. As a Guzheng player, I have been living here for six years now. I, I'm not very sure if I really catch up the trend uh, in China, but uh, because of the internet, I definitely can get some idea of what's um, going on in China, especially in, you know, in Guzheng field. I, I would say one of the biggest changes or innovations I found uh, in China music industry is that they started to revive these traditional instruments by um, adopting modern technology, uh, such as combining electric music and uh, this um, uh, uh, with uh, Guzheng. So they created so many uh, different uh, contexts for playing these traditional instruments. Mm-hmm. How many so, uh, instruments you yeah. know that in, in China? How many instruments? Oh my God, that's that's a lot. You mean the traditional? Yeah, traditional, traditional uh, except uh, Guzheng. You know, China has 56 minority ethnic groups. So I belong to high majority and uh, every ethnic minority, they, they have their own, you know, instruments. That's also traditional, right? So I... I would say there are definitely hundreds of these, you know, these ethnic instruments, traditional instruments. But for high majority, for high traditional instruments, there are also tens, I would say at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are Han. Yes, I, I belong to Han, Han uh, majority, we, we call it. Mm, okay, so there are many uh, dialects in, in China as well, right? Exactly, yeah, you know that. So, <laughs> yeah, so for example, I uh, I live in Hunan province, I was born in Hunan, so I speak um, Hunan dialect. Mm. Um, and the people living in Hubei province, which is near Hunan province, 
would never understand what I say if I use my Hunan dialect. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. This is It's interesting. It's like a different language. Mm, yeah. I see. So how how can people from Hunan and uh, another province, Hubei, uh, Hubei uh, uh, how yeah. how can you understand each other? We speak Mandarin. Mandarin. So that's uh, like a national language. Yes, that's our official Chinese language. When we say Chinese language, normally we uh, we mean Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're born bilingual. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now and now you speak English as well. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh last time I saw you perform Gujin. We perform on one on one stage, and that before that, uh, you perform in many places. And I saw that on social media, you play with some, uh, you know, uh, Irish folks as well on the stage, right? So Irish, you mean Shining Out, the rock band? Mm-hmm. That's great collaborations. And uh, uh, let's talk about Gujans. When was the first time you play this in- instrument? So I learned this instrument with my aunt when I was around six years old. So it's been around ten, and I almost like grow up with this instrument. Mm-hmm. And then my family, there are many people working in this music uh, field. So in my family, so I I kind of grow up with uh, all different uh, music. So so music is always part of my life. You perform as well in China before? Of course, I perform in China, and I I was trained in conservatories, and I went to music. Uh, School music um, at Hunan Normal University, and uh, and uh, I I studied um, to look for different uh, collaborations since then. Hmm. Before before I went to university, I also did a lot of performances uh, in my hometown ba- major, uh, basically I guess. But uh, after I I went to university, I studied to have more like that kind of. Um, Like diverse collaborations. That's uh, interesting. So, did you release uh, like instrumental album? Uh, I'm I'm recently working on the uh, CD. I, I'm gonna release it in Newfoundland. Mm. Before that, I I I never, you know, uh, I don't know why. For all this, I would call myself kind of academically trained musician, you know, mm-hmm. uh, compared to say folk musicians. And they are trained in communities and uh, oral teaching, maybe that kind of stuff. So I never really thought um, uh, recording a CD would be a big thing for me because of my education background, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. and the, all these musicians around me. Uh, of course, I was just uh, under training, so maybe that time I didn't think of that much. But now I feel like I have to have some concrete stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. So I, I I did my recording actually a long time ago, and I here in Newfoundland in 2018, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to my field work in the state in in United States, mm-hmm. and uh, so so kind of I took a break. Now I came back and I started to uh, work on it again, and mm-hmm. I hope to release it soon. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the track that you can play for us? Fisherman sing in the twilight. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jingxia Fisherman sing in the twilight.
That's awesome. That's awesome. So folks, this tune will be on her album. So in Newfoundland itself, tell us your experience as a Gushan player in Newfoundland. Uh, you perform a lot here and how people respond to this kind of uh, music. So far, I feel like my audience, they're so supportive and they love my music. They give me very positive feedback. So um, I've been enjoying doing all kinds of music uh, um, performances, not only, you know, my solo playing, also cross-cultural collaborations which is the most exciting part of my music experience in Newfoundland. I would say like I said before I, I you, you never know what what's your life gonna be like especially you, your music life uh, gonna be like in Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. There's so many surprises. So far I've been playing with as you mentioned a folk um, uh, Irish folk band and also a rock band and also uh, we plan we are planning to um, do a collaboration with the Newfoundland um, Symphony Orchestra. So I also studied my own Chinese band here. It's called the Light Wind Ensemble. Hmm. Uh, light wind, you know, con uh, compared to, you know, heavy, strong wind in Newfoundland. <laughs> wow. We call it a Light Wind Ensemble. Unfortunately, the Diz player, Diz is a Chinese flute. The Diz player just left the province. So, so we kind of in the process of reorganize the our ensemble a little bit mm -hmm. so hopefully we um, we're gonna be settled soon and uh, be able to play again soon anyway that that was my um, band i also studied to improvise on my instrument which i found is so maybe stimulative because i keep gaining new ideas from improvisation mm -hmm. i never did I, I never improvised on this instrument in china you know we always follow score and we always practice so hard to just to um, complete um, the the uh, composer's ideas you know what i mean mm -hmm. Uh, and now I studied to improvise on this instrument and I even composed for it. That this summer I, I collaborated with some symposium and uh, uh, this, uh, what's the name of that uh, film? Uh, Nico Film Festival? I have to check. Anyway, I, I composed a new piece for the film, for a very short film. We had this duo um, um, collaboration. So I play, I recorded my journey and I composed the piece and the, my partner um, uh, recorded the film, short film and we combined them together for the festival. So that was a very unique experience for me and very new. I, I hope to have more, you know, <laughs> more works uh, um, created on this field because I love it so much. So anyway, I, what, I, what I want to express is I, I, my music experience is so diverse in Newfoundland. I, I just love this place. I love the multicultural scene here. And uh, I hope to see more possibilities, music possibilities, you know, like the one I'm going to be doing with you. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm waiting for. Okay, so I just cannot wait to see you um, during the, uh, next week. So uh, let's start to do something. Uh, now, uh, recently you opened Gujian class, right? Yes. Tell us about this class. Okay, yeah. So I have uh, this little like a home studio in, in Paradise. 
Well, before before this year, I, my focus was mostly on performance and my academic stuff. Uh, stuff, you know, academic study can be very overwhelming sometimes. And then now I close to finish my dissertation, and I feel like it's time to um, shift my um, focus to music. And I, I, I want to start this class, recruiting more. Guzheng students and expand this Chinese music community.、Mm-hmm. I can see the potential here. There is a growing, you know, Chinese、um, community, and、uh, and the people give me all, all my audience that、mm-hmm. they listen to my music, they love it. So I can see there there is、um, potential and、uh, they um there. So I hope to open this、um, class to people who want want to learn it and.、Uh, And get have a chance to share my music with、um, more people. So yeah, hopefully I I can dig a Chinese music community in the future.、Mm-hmm. With wow, so this is open to anybody want to learn how to play guzheng. Yes, anybody. Anybody. You don't need any mu. Actually, you don't need even need a music background. You can just from start from zero.、Mm-hmm. So no problem.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, there are a bunch of people. Uh, already contacted me after I post、uh, my、uh, information online. So yeah. yeah. So you have many guzheng in your place. I have three. So last question: If someone wants to learn to play guzheng,、uh, how can、uh, they contact you? So the best way to reach out, I guess, is to、uh, write an email to me. So my email address is xrajingl at hotmail dot com. Again, it's my last name, first name plus letter L. So it's X R A J I N G L at hotmail.com.、Mm-hmm. So as well as on social media. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah, of of course you can find me there. What what's your social media that、uh, people probably want to go to、um, to contact you? Ah,、uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, even Twitter, although I don't use that、mm. much. But、uh, but、yeah. Facebook is is、uh, much easier, right? Yeah, yeah. You can you can find me on Facebook. You also can find my Facebook page, public page of、mm-hmm. me just by searching my name. Okay, so folks, if you want to contact on、uh, or want to learn this、uh, Guzheng, once again, her name is Qingxia, J I N G. X I A and the email is X I A J I N G L at hotmail dot com and you can find on Facebook as well under the name Qingxia J I N G X I A Qingxia thank you very much for sharing with us thank you thanks so much bye for now bye. Listen to over 500 radio stations from anywhere in Canada with Radio Player Canada, the must-have app that's as Canadian as you are. Funny, well-informed, dominating the music scene at the gym or in the car. Enjoy every type of radio station anywhere, anytime. Listen through your phone, Sonos, Google Chromecast, Google Home, Amazon Echo, Apple CarPlay, and Android Auto. Download the Radio Player Canada app today. It's where Canadian radio plays. Please remember not to litter, especially not on the sidewalk, and especially not with cigarettes and gum. You may think it's no big deal, 
but others do. Lots of city streets are covered in trash, especially cigarettes and gum. Keep our streets clean. This, this public, public service, service announcement, announcement is brought to you by CHMR. Hey, man. Remember your Peter Max psychedelic poster? The go-go boots you wore with your Mary Quant false eyelashes? Sit-ins, love-ins, laugh-ins, hippies, yippies, bippies, op-art, pop-art, and art link letter? Then there's something else you ought to remember. You're over 45, and you're at risk of developing diabetes. Please call the Canadian Diabetes Association at 1-800-BANTING for more info, because you need to know. Peace, man. This is Global Frequencies, only on CHMR-FM. I sit down with Eldin Husik, a resident of St. John's who first came to the province in the late 90s from the Balkan region, more specifically from Bosnia and Herzegovina. We sit down to talk about his experience with wanting to open a restaurant in St. John's, Balkan Kitchen, that's what it's called, that serves Balkan cuisine. What is this Balkan region? Well, stick around and you will find out because Eldin will tell us not just about what the steps are involved, in opening such a business in St. John's, the facilitators and the challenges along the way. But also he will provide us with the cultural context that we need to better understand his decision-making along the way. And also the kinds of experiences and encounters he had while opening this restaurant and while coordinating its operations in downtown St. John's. We also talk about the evolution of this restaurant and his affiliation with it at this point in time. A lot going on, a lot to unpack. This is a high-powered conversation with an individual who is exceptionally well at storytelling and also at reflecting on the elements that provide the storytelling in the first place. This is Aldin Husik in conversation for episode 25 of Global Frequencies. Today I am joined by Eldin Husik, who will be chatting with us about his experience with the world of small businesses, uh, having come into contact with the one, having experienced running one, and much more here in St. John's. Welcome to the show, Eldin. Uh, thanks for having me. So Eldin, um, some introductions are in order. Please tell me uh, whatever we can know about you in, in a few minutes. As you know, my name is Eldin. I was born in uh, what is now known as former Yugoslavia. Uh, I moved to Canada in 1996, graduated from my university here in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I wanted to explore more of the world than I then I moved to South Korea, where I stayed for 16 years. And uh, I felt this call, you know, from, from Newfoundland, you know, come back, come back, come back. So I decided to come back here again, this time with the family and uh, my wife and two kids. And uh, when we came back here, we honestly didn't really have any plans, you know, any big major plans, such as opening our own business or something like that. But the idea kind of uh, evolved from the situation. 
we were in South Korea for such a long time. I was an educator. I worked as a professor and a cultural consultant. So my, my field of expertise was completely different. I had nothing to do with, let's say, service industry. But uh, it seemed, you know, like a normal choice for us at time. So we came back here to Canada about four years ago. And uh, we found a property that was suitable for us. We had some initial investment. So we secured the property and uh, started our own business. Uh, tell me uh, a little bit more about uh, the business that you're referring to. Again, uh, since we didn't really have anything in mind, there was a dream, of course. Everybody has some sort of a dream of owning their own business or doing something that kind of inspires us, inspires uh, them. Uh, for us, uh, coming from former Yugoslavia, or more precisely from Bosnia and Herzegovina, was always a part of our own identity, even in the way I speak, of course. So having that kind of as a part of our cultural background and our own personal background led us into that direction of having some sort of business that promotes our own culture, our, our, our own ideals, food even. We wanted to kind of bring a slice of the, the, the Balkans, you know, here to St. John's with us because we were missing. You know, I left uh, my home when I was 20 years old. Like I said, I first came here in 96. I graduated from university, then I moved away and then I decided to come back here again not going back to former Yugoslavia because of so many personal reasons, political, economical, different reasons as well, spiritual. So when we came here, we felt like, okay, since we're really not going back to the Balkans, Bosnia, you know, why, why don't we like try to bring, a, you know, uh, some, some of Bosnia here? And of course, the most, the, the, the easiest way to do that was to open some sort of a restaurant. So we were missing the food, but I was really missing the music. I was missing the culture, some other things. So it was kind of like, you know, killing two, two, two birds with one stone. We could, my wife could cook in the restaurant because she's an amazing cook. I could play music because I'm an amazing musician. And it, it sort of worked in that way, you know, not that I was, I was to be a musician and she was to be, you know, a cook, like, like in the fable of the grasshopper and the end. But it sort of it was like that. So we looked, you know, we looked around St. John's and there wasn't that many. There was actually no restaurants from the Balkans at that time or Eastern Europe. There were some before. And there was a community here that would definitely support us. So we decided to kind of go that, that way. Uh, honestly, all of this came to us while we were looking for houses. Uh, we were basically going around the town with a real estate agent looking at different properties. And when we walked into one mixed zoning property, which is half residential, half commercial, it just, the moment we walked into that bar, uh, we saw it as a restaurant, not as a bar, because it had that kind of traditional look that you can find somewhere in Eastern Europe, in, in Bosnia or all over the Balkans with, with wood around and whatnot. It just felt like a traditional tea house or a traditional restaurant. So we immediately had an idea, well, this place would be really cool for a traditional, you know, Bosnian restaurant. And it just kind of went from there. We, we just made an idea. You know, we made a decision then that we would go for a mixed owning property, which could have, you know, a, a 
a residential and a commercial attached to it. And from there, it was kind of easy. We, the, the idea was formed and we just looked for the right property. When we found the property, we, you know, when, when, when we went to, uh, with, with the BDC, which is a Bank Development of Canada, which kind of helped us because we couldn't secure a mortgage with a regular bank since uh, these mixed zoning projects are slightly different than, let's say, residentials or commercials. So the banks will help you with the residential mortgage or with the commercial mortgage. But when you have a mixed zoning, then it's kind of tricky. Luckily, we were able to make a deal with uh, BDC again, and we secured the mortgage. And from there, we just started slowly, you know, looking, going around the property, you know, figuring out, okay, this is where we're going to live. This is where we're going to work. Okay, what do we need? So we started slowly exploring the different venues, different uh, parts of the city, different uh, establishments or different stores that provide different things. So we just kind of took some time to explore different ideas, different situations. And then when our idea crystallized further, we decided, okay, in order for this to work, we will need this, 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 and this. We made a list and slowly, day by day, we started, you know, buying things, uh, renting things, getting permits, getting different you know needs for for that idea and i here i have to say that the city of st john's really really helped us and i mean that in the best possible way because the whole city helped us it wasn't just that there was one you know one particular office which there was our, our initially we started uh with the with, a, with an office which is right here downtown st john's that provides uh, business plans and business uh, solutions to to pretty much anyone. I simply walked into that office and I told them what I was going to do and I needed to write a business proposal or a business plan for the bank. And they said, okay, here, this is a booklet. You can look at this booklet. These are some of the things that you will be leading down the road. You may talk to this office about this. You may talk to that office about that. So they gave us some general ideas there. And then from there, I just started going to different offices within the city hall and uh, other parts of the city. And I started asking, okay, what do I need for this? What do I need for that? What kind of permit do I need for, let's say, our, I don't know, our hood, which is, you know, which, which is laid above the grill, you know, and things like that. So... There was a lot of different things to learn, but luckily we were able to sort of communicate our needs to people. And this is probably one of the most important elements in the beginning and later on down the road, and that is networking and communication. If you don't speak the language when you come here, you'll obviously have problems, but it is still possible. I think having the right attitude, being open-minded is probably the most important thing that you need to sort of come to terms with. You cannot be shy. You cannot expect that anything will come to you because each idea, each business is unique and different and everything that you want to do will have its own limitations and its own needs. So even though you might have certain ideas about what it is that you want to do, what it is that you need, you still need to communicate this with other people so they can give you their feedback and listen to them. 
I mean, a lot of times, random people that I met in front of my home helped me out. They would tell me, oh, you will need this. Oh, you will need, you will need that. I had no idea. Now, I'm going to go a little bit back in time because I actually had not known that you lived in St. John's um, in the 90s. You said you came in 1996 and then you went away and, and returned. So in the context of... Um, of the Balkan uh, food that you introduced to St. John's. When you first came here in 96, what was your impression of the city and the sort of enthusiasm in the city with regards to Balkan food, with regards to people knowing or wanting to try out different types of food? What was the environment like then versus now? I need to be brutally honest here. And one of the biggest obstacles that I faced was uh, this constant need to explain myself to, to, to people. Um, unfortunately, I come from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I mean, fortunately, I love the place, but unfortunately because of the history. So every person that you meet has only one association with Bosnia. That is the war. They have no idea. And the same goes with Syria, Afghanistan. So people come up to you with certain predisposed pity or I wouldn't call it ignorance. It's not ignorance. It's not that people are negative or mean. It just they have not been exposed to the beauty of, of, of former Yugoslavia. I mean, little known fact is that uh, Canadian banking system, Canadian medical system or social services is based on former Yugoslavian example. The original idea of a melting pot comes from the Balkans. This is our national dish. It's called melting pot. Uh, within the space of former Yugoslavia, we had uh, 27 million people, 27 different nationalities. Uh, let's say Vojvodina, which is the space of Avalon Peninsula, has four official languages. Uh, so we have this culture that is absolutely amazing, that offers so much to the world in terms of ideas, in terms of spirituality, in terms of uh, living together, cooperating. I mean, there isn't a single dish in the Balkans that hasn't been fought for by pretty much anyone. Because it's just like saying that kebab is Turkish or kebab is uh, Middle Eastern or something like, or Greek, you know, the skewers uh, that, that, that Greek eat, that Turks eat, people have fought over it, you know, to, to say this is ours or this is theirs. Nobody really knows where the food comes from. I mean, we can trace, but it doesn't belong to a group of people. Even though it was invented, let's say, by a Turk or by a Bosnian, it doesn't make it Bosnian food, right? So that was the biggest problem for me back in the day. I really was honestly sick and tired of explaining myself. I kind of wanted to have this like button that says, I come from Bosnia and Herzegovina, I've been here two years, my favorite food is fish and chips, I love the weather. Because these are the questions that I would constantly be asked. And the problem is once the people would ask me these questions, we would have nothing else to talk about. So I kind of wanted to like skip these questions so we can start the conversation. At that time, I was a young man. I was a, I was a rock and roll musician. 
you know, live that lifestyle. So I really didn't care so much about, let's say, having a business. I was attending Memorial University at the time, working downtown. And I had a great time. I seriously met amazing people. I met people that I consider family to this day. And this is one of the reasons why I came back. The idea of Newfoundland, the, 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 the feeling that you get here, the magic experience here, or by just going anywhere around the bay. Once you once you leave the city, I think you realize how beautiful this place is. So this is one of the reasons why I came back. And I do have to say that the, the place has changed so much. 16 years or let's say 20 years is the difference of me being here the first time and now. It has become more international, more open-minded. It has become more, I would say, even more vibrant. There are different ideas, there are different things happening. There's more awareness about how to approach people, what to talk about, how to initiate a conversation and things like that. I mean, it is completely different. It is a different place. Underlining is still, you know, the same old St. John's, which is great because it is a great place, great ideas and great people. Uh, but I'm glad that it has, it has become a little bit more cosmopolitan, a little bit more, it, it was always open. Like there was no problem of, you know, arriving to St. John's and being accepted just like, you know, this is your home. But to actually realize that a Bosnian is also a Newfoundlander, it, it takes a long time. It's not like, okay, you're welcome to my home. No, this is my home. You're not welcoming me to my, to your home. I am no longer a guest that just came here to visit you. I am not a tourist. I am now a Newfoundlander, whether you like it or not. People have no feelings really about it. You know, they don't like it or dislike it, but they haven't internalized it. It wasn't like that before. You know, it didn't sink into people that, yes, I speak funny. Yes, I look different, but this is my home. I am a Newfoundlander just as much as you are. And together, we are building this place. So that has changed a lot. And you can see that people are completely accepted. And this is a beauty, beautiful thing about living here is that, you know, you can go to pretty much any place around town and see people from all over the world, totally working to, together, cooperate, doing things. Uh, one thing that, for example, we did with our restaurant, Balkan Kitchen, has evolved. We, we opened the restaurant about four years ago. And for, for the first two years, it was, it was the Balkan Kitchen. It was basically a restaurant aimed at serving the Balkan food, Balkan tradition, Balkan culture, music. We organized uh, comedy nights, music nights, cultural events with different people from around the Balkans. And even then, the idea was that this is not a Bosnian restaurant. It's not a Serbian or Turkish. Balkans is 17 countries. So all these countries equally belong in the Balkan chain. And now, Balkan Kitchen has become Resto Beirut, which is a Lebanese restaurant. So we are completely expanding this whole idea. We have a lady from the Dominican Republic also working there and making her own food. So when you go to Balkan Kitchen, uh, at this point, you can only get Lebanese food. But my idea was to make this kind of 
hub where cheap people can do pretty much anything. I imagine that there would be three different restaurants under the same roof. That idea came to me when I was uh, in Toronto once. Uh, there was a small restaurant, half uh, was Hungarian, the other half was Vietnamese. And there was two ladies in the restaurant with two tables each. It was a small restaurant. So when you go in and if you choose Hungarian food, the Hungarian lady will get up and make food. If you choose Vietnamese food, the Vietnamese lady will get up and make. And I think that's, that's this is that restaurant. And just like Balkan Kitchen is basically the idea of Centrum. Anything goes here. It, it, it is definitely a magical place because something like Balkan Kitchen or Resto Beirut can exist here easier than, let's say, in Toronto or even New York because of the, the, the involvement of people and everybody else. I mean, we are such a tight-knit community that you can pretty much find out anything about anybody quickly. That means that if you're a good person, you can easily find help. And as we wrap up this conversation very quickly for our listeners, you mentioned that the Balkan region, as you said, is not just Bosnia and Herzegovina. It is more than that. Uh, can you list some of the countries um, that constitute as the Balkans, just so that we can imagine better? Sure. Officially, the Balkans is that area that the Western Europeans really don't want to include into Europe. As you can see, for example, for British people, the Balkan begins with France already. They think that France is below them. For French people, Germans are Balkan people. For German people, Austrians are Balkan people. For Austrians, the Slovenians are Balkan people. For Slovenians, it's the Croatians. For Croatians, Bosnia. For Bosnians, it's Serbs. For Serbs, it's Macedonia. So I think that the Balkan has a, has a bad rap, you know, that we think that we are sort of like a backward place. But it is a, it is a crossroad, crossroad of, of society. This is where the East and the West meet completely. I mean, this is the only place where you, where you can see a Muslim and a Christian getting drunk and playing music because it's a part of their culture rather than their religion. In the Balkans, culture overtakes the religion. So within Bosnia, for example, you have uh, Bosnian Orthodox Christians, Bosnian Roman Catholics, Bosnian Muslims, Bosnian Jews, Bosnian Romans. They're all Bosnian and they all adhere to certain cultures than the religion. So. The Balkans officially, again, it's uh, that area basically from below Austria all the way down to Turkey. So this is, you know, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Macedonia, Greece, and uh, the European part of Turkey, but also Moldova, Bulgaria, Romania. So these are amazing countries. And we share so much. Uh, my favorite Bulgarian proverb is that if there is a problem that you can't solve with money, you can solve it with more money. <laughs> and I think that <laughs> every country in the Balkans has that sort of uh, motto. So we're really proud that we have accomplished that. Uh, we, we had such an amazing run uh, for two years and uh, we had so many people come and come back again and help us out. We had people who would bring us like locally grown garlic or locally grown, grown hot peppers. 
just to try out with our own food. And uh, the community definitely helped us so much and accepted us. Uh, again, we are proud that uh, we are here. There are challenges, of course, there always will be, but communication and networking is definitely the key to any, any sort of success. Thank you so much for this ultimate wisdom-filled conversation where not only have we understood uh, what the journey of someone um, proceeding with um, you know, with ambitions of opening a small business is like, but also the story and the experiences sort of encouraging and motivating that decision in the first place. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, LD. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Volunteering. It can begin with the simplest of gestures. A gift of time, energy, commitment. Something precious that grows stronger with every hand that touches it and grows across communities and through the very fabric of our nation and begins once again with the simplest of gestures. To Canada's six and a half million volunteers, thanks. A message from Volunteer Canada, the Government of Canada, and this station. Listen to Global Frequencies, a new program celebrating diversity in Newfoundland and Labrador, covering topics pertinent to the diversification of the province, multiculturalism, immigrant businesses, anti-racism, integration, economic growth, and more. Every second Wednesday, 7 p.m. on CHMR 93.5 FM and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians and CHMR 93.5 FM with funding from Community Radio Fund of Canada, Atlantic Canada's Opportunities Agency, and the Office of Immigration and Multiculturalism. Global Frequencies. Diverse province, diverse voices. You are listening to Global Frequencies. Diverse province, diverse voices. With Jinxia and Eldin Husik, we have now come to an end here on episode 25 of the Global Frequencies radio podcast. We will be returning with our last episode two weeks from today, episode 26. So if there's anything that you'd like us to know about, please reach out to us at globalfrequencies at ancnl.ca. As always, all our episodes are uploaded onto a few streaming platforms such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and more. So you can always catch up on these episodes and share it along with your friends, your neighbors, your family, and whoever wishes to acquire and absorb more interesting stories, knowledge, and so much more. This is your host, Nabila Qureshi, signing off for the day. And I eagerly look forward to our next episode, which I have to admit is making me feel slightly gloomy, but at the same time optimistic as I reflect back on the wonderful treasure of stories that the teammates and I have brought to share with the residents of St. John's and beyond. Until then, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Global Frequencies. Diverse Province, Diverse Voices. This program is presented by the Association for New Canadians and CHMR 93.5 FM with funding from the Community Radio Fund of Canada. The ANC 
is a non-profit community-based organization dedicated to the provision of settlement and integration services for immigrants in the province for over 40 years. CHMR-FM is an award-winning community radio station operating out of Memorial University. The station has been broadcasting a range of music, spoken word, and cultural programming since 1987. If you would like to touch base with us, email us at globalfrequencies at ancnl.ca.